Well, hi, I'm Dave Swordlick from Uptown Podcast Studios and Story Cub Video Picture Books. I'm also a member of Ed North, an EdTech meetup group located in Minneapolis and St. Paul in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. If you are in the education technology space, you got to check it out if you're not a member, and it's free. Just head on over to ednorth.org and learn all about it. Great group of people. Again, ednorth.org. Our guest has over a decade of education technology experience and then some. Currently the vice president of assessment products at Renaissance Learning. Talking about Andy Frost, and he is an Ed North member, and he's our guest on this Ed North Ed Tech Podcast. Welcome, Andy Frost, EdTech innovator, creator, and all-around nice guy. Welcome to the Ed North EdTech podcast. That's good to be here. Well, it's, it's great to have you, and you do have a, an extensive career in the education technology sector. You're currently at Renaissance Learning, and what is your title? My official business card title is Vice President of Assessment. I usually append the word products because we've got a lot of people at Renaissance that work on assessments. I'm kind of in a product, what you call a product management role related to the STAR assessment. So the first question then automatically becomes, what have you done during these COVID times? Yeah, that is a great question. That is the first and most important question a lot of folks want to know. So interesting because we're coming up, gosh, a few days from now, it would be the exact one year anniversary when the world kind of turned upside down for most of us. And one of the things that happened almost immediately, not quite immediately, was districts and schools trying to figure out what are we doing for assessment? I say almost immediately because the first thing they did was figure out where are my kids? Where are my students? Where are my teachers? How am I supporting distance learning? And that took a while for a lot of schools to figure out, especially the larger systems. There was no one set way either, right? It was kind of a free-for-all. And there's still not. I'm sitting here in Eden Prairie, and my two school-age kids are in middle school and high school. They're in school right now. It's a Tuesday. They'll go Monday, Tuesday, and then be virtual learning Wednesday through Friday. And in two weeks, they'll go back full-time. And districts are kind of all over the map between virtual and hybrid and in-person. So that was largely the case back in March of last year. And so the assessment was not the first thing on their minds. The first thing on their minds was, what am I doing? How am I operating? How am I delivering education? But I would say shortly after that, by April or May, we started getting a lot of questions from folks about, we've used the STAR assessments. We give it via computer, normally in a lab setting, in person. Can we just give it to the kids at home? And with a couple of brief caveats, the answer was absolutely. We had, even before the pandemic, lots of partners, including both of the two largest virtual school operators using STAR and administering it in a virtual setting where students are taking that assessment at home. Now, like I said, there are some caveats to that. You got to make sure you administer it right and you've got the right instructions. It's not nothing. It's not a no-brainer, but it's absolutely possible. And we had lots and lots of 
schools and districts eventually figure out how to do that. And it sounds like you had a, a huge head start because you're already online. You're already doing things with schools. So was it more kind of tweaking or did you have to rethink the whole thing? From an assessment perspective, I think it was mostly tweaking, significant tweaking in a lot of cases. One example, I mentioned that we've had these virtual education partners for years, long before the pandemic. One of the most notable things I did early on was actually got the director of assessment from K-12 Inc., K-12.com, that operates virtual academies in 25 or 30 states across the country and administers STAR in most of those. I recorded a webinar with him, not unlike this webinar versus a podcast. I said, hey, talk us through how you do this. And up until then, I think it was one of, if not the most widely viewed webinars we've ever published. We recorded it and put it out there and people were really hungry to see how these virtual schools administered assessments securely and reliably and valid. We had a head start in the sense that we already had partners doing it. And we had models for how to do it. And so that was a question of scaling it up. Your previous company was... So my my most recent employer before Renaissance was Scantron. Oh, Scantron. Uh, And then prior to that was actually ACT Aspire, which was a joint venture between ACT Inc., the maker of the widely used college entrance exam, and Pearson, which is... Which is huge. Obviously. Yeah. (laughs) Very large company with a presence here in the Twin Cities. Yeah. We can say which is huge, right? Uh, But but even prior to that, you were involved in education and technology. Tell us a little bit about Plato. Yeah. Yeah. Where do we start? I was at Plato Learning slash Edmonton. We actually, one of the things we did while I was there is rename the company. Uh, So I have to say, oh, I was at Plato slash Edmentum, depending on who you are and which part of that history you've touched. I started at Plato Learning right out of business school, working for a guy we both know named Todd Breckett. Lots of people know Todd here in the Twin Cities. Todd hired me right out of business school. At least according to your LinkedIn, what, eight, eight years and six months? That's, that's quite a span. Yeah, I was going to say eight or nine, so eight and a half, yep. Yeah. Everything from a senior product manager to senior product manager, K through 12 curriculum and assessment, group product manager content and delivery. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, no, I'm just saying. I made the round. Yeah. You, you, yeah. But you, you're ahead of the curve compared to what's out and available now. Was there a lot of competition back in the day? Wasn't There's that always long? But... competition. Yeah. Well, here's the, here's the crazy thing. There's a lot of stories I could tell about Plato Learning. It was a great place to work. I had the real privilege of working, as I said, for Todd Breckus, who's a fixture in the community. I worked with and for Jamie Candy, who went on to be the CEO at Questar here in the Twin Cities and is now back at Edmonton as the CEO there. Jamie and I go way back in Plato. So lots of great stories. One of the ones maybe that's worth telling on the podcast is I got to be one of a handful of folks who represented Plato Learning, the company at a conference called Plato at 50, which was, just as it suggests, the 50th anniversary of the Plato Lab, which was the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign programmable logic for automated teaching operations. Wow, that was quite, could you repeat that? That was good. (laughs) Or can you repeat that? I'll try. Uh, the Plato Lab, uh, and I was trying to remember the name of the founder. I think I got it. Don Bitzer uh-huh. was the lead researcher, the faculty member at University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign, who founded the Plato Lab, and it was an acronym for Programmable Logic for Automated Teaching Operations. Wow! And he founded that. I think I got the date wrong. He founded that lab, I think, in 
1967, let's say. So the 50th anniversary would have been 2017. I may have the exact year on, but I got to go to the Plato at 50 Lab. I get such a kick out of it. The YouTube videos are probably online of the panels. We'll put a link in the description. Yeah, find the YouTube videos of the panel discussions at the Plato at 50 conference. And then also put a link to the book, The Friendly Orange Glow. Okay. Which was the book that chronicled the history of that Play-Doh lab. And the friendly orange glow referred to the color of the screens of the mainframe terminals that were the Play-Doh terminals. And they were orange for whatever reason. Don Bitzer actually won an Emmy for, for inventing the first plasma screen. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Tons of fun history connected to Play-Doh. So, License the technology, sold it to control data in Chicago and here in the Twin Cities. That's how Plato Learning ended up headquartered in Bloomington, Minnesota, where it's still headquartered. Everyone was on AOL at one time, I guess, with this company yeah. and the <laughs> dial-up modem. And you had your cow computers coming oh, yeah. in, right? The cow boxes from Gateway. You were there for such a long time doing so many things. It's just really kind of interesting that that goes back to 2006. You've been in the education sector for such a long time. How did you get into that field? So this is a story that I tell probably, well, my wife would say I tell it too often, but I love telling. I've always had a fascination and kind of a passion for educational technology for as long as I've been thinking seriously about a job. So back to my undergrad in computer science, I wanted to do something related to both technology and education and ideally business. I kind of kicked around after college, but like that was what I wanted to do. So I got to business school at Carnegie Mellon and the Career Center came and did their pitch, and they're like, hey, we can get you a job in strategic consulting for McKinsey, or we can get you an interview with a big bank on Wall Street. I said, I want to be a product manager for an educational software company. And they just kind of looked at me like, this kid knows what he wants. That's nice. <laughs> That's nice, kid. Move along. So I kind of had to figure it out for myself, but I was lucky enough to um, stumble across this thing called the EdTech Division of the Software Information Industry Association, which is not a thing anymore. So for a lot of us in the EdTech community, we fondly remember the SIIA EdTech Business Fair. They held it at the Princeton Club in New York, and I'm just some MBA student like, oh, can anybody go to that? Oh, <laughs> I can just sign up and go to that? Okay. And I, I still joke about the roster for that was CEO, vice president, chief marketing officer, CFO, MBA candidate, Andy Frost, MBA candidate. Like I had no business being there, but they took registration from anybody at the time. So I showed up. I stumbled into Todd Breckis. He had an open position for product manager, and that's how I moved my family to Minnesota and got involved in EdTech. Let's talk post-COVID. I'm sure you guys are always working on some new ideas, concepts, whatever, always trying to improve on what you're doing. What's next for Renaissance Learning? And before you answer that, can I ask approximately how many customers do you have? So I don't mean to hesitate, but the, the answer to the question depends on kind of how you how, how many, you count, how, many, right? how many students or how many school districts or right. So there's a couple ways to answer that. I think, and it's hard to count because Renaissance has been fairly active in, in M and A. So we just bought. Actually, haven't even closed the deal, but there's been rumors and news that we're going to buy Nearpot. Prior to that, we bought Schoolzilla. Prior to that, we bought a company called Freckle. Prior to that, we bought a company called Early Learning Labs, which spun out of the University of Minnesota. So lots of acquisitions. If you say, well. How many districts in the country are using at least one of those products that Renaissance, you know, keeps in the portfolio? Over half the districts in the country use at least one Renaissance product. That's amazing. Probably approaching two, two thirds or maybe even three quarters, just because the portfolio is so broad. And, and schools tend, you know, districts in general tend to use a variety of products. So that's the broad footprint. When you talk about my world of Renaissance star assessments, 
in a typical year, and obviously last year was not a typical year, but in a typical year, star assessments are administered 50, 60, 70 million times. Wow. So wow. 50 to 50 to 60 million assessments per year is kind of our range. Wow. That's, that's, that's amazing. And you worked your way up in the company again, currently vice president of assessment products at Renaissance Learning, and you're growing by uh, buying companies that have already proved themselves. Largely, that's true. Yeah. What a great way to, instead of try and reinvent the wheel, someone has done that and you brought them into the family, which I think is super smart and a great way to grow. So, what else is on the horizon for Renaissance? One of the things we are oh. working on is how do we not just buy other companies? How do we support other companies? And my interest is assessment. Obviously, I think there's a lot of aspiring ed tech startups out there who want, who, who want to worry about things other than assessment. And we think there's a really productive way we can partner with those folks so that we can provide 50 to 60 million data points a year worth of empirical evidence and help them worry about stuff other than assessment or measuring growth or measuring standards. So if there's that kind of ed tech startup out there and they're interested in getting involved or talking about how we could partner. I'd love to get those. Uh, Andy, look, we want to thank you for being on the Ed North EdTech podcast. I I just found this out four days ago. Uh, You are a fellow Ed North member. Yes, sir. When did you join Ed North? uh, Just out of curiosity. You know, I'll have to check the uh, date on my membership card. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sure. No, uh, you know what? Let's, uh, let's I've been get involved that. in Ed North since before it was called Ed North. Um, right. I, I've helped Steve Welvang plan events dating back probably uh, at least three or four years, maybe a little bit longer than that. We've been involved in a panel for Startup Week. We did kind of a, a assessment one-on-one event a couple of years ago that was really fun. That must have been at least three years ago because I was at Scantron at the time. I'm trying to remember what it was called before it was called at North. Educelerate? Educelerate. North. Even, yeah. Educelerate North? Yeah. Educelerate North. Now it's just said North. There we right, go. Yeah. Right, right, right. But uh, yeah, lots of friends and lots of lots of great colleagues. Darren Rasmussen, you know, Jamie Candy, Ryan Hagedorn, Todd Breckis, Steve Welvang. Andy Frost, Vice President of Assessment Products at Renaissance Learning, formerly at Plato, which stands for, just go back in the podcast and listen again. Andy, can't thank you enough. Seriously, thank you for your time. And maybe we'll have you on again for, for, for a longer period. And we can talk about, because your career is, is, is amazing. It really is. You work for an incredible company. And it's great that you guys, and I mean this in a sincere way, that you guys have the funds to acquire these awesome companies. You're open to collaboration. You're not a closed door. Yeah. You're not keep out. Some companies are. Always always love talking to a fellow Ed North member as well. Thanks again, Andy Frost, who has a dog with a beautiful bark. We missed it earlier, but it's, uh, it's really good. Andy, thanks for joining us on the Ed North Thanks, Ed Tech Dave. Podcast. It was a lot of fun. Appreciate it. All right, Andy. Yeah, one more time. Woohoo! Andy, thanks for being a guest on the Ed North Ed Tech Podcast. I want to thank Steve Welvang and everyone at Ed North for supporting the podcast and for uh, being just great people who share information and it's, uh, it's just such a great group. If you are not a member, head on over to ednorth.org. Again, ednorth.org. Check out upcoming events and things going on and, and sign up. Uh, and again, it's free. So uh, what do you have to lose except 
Uh, I don't know. So let's all educate each other. Let's learn and let's live life to its fullest. On behalf of the Ed North EdTech Podcast, I'm Dave Swordlick, and we'll talk to you soon.